Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of True to the Cougs, powered by Believe Network. My name is Jamie Vinnick of KoogFan.com. With me, as always, my partner, Marcus Trufant, Seahawk and Cougar legend, recording from his car today because Marcus is on uh, on pickup duty. Marcus, how's it going? Doing well, my man, doing well. Man, I'm always on daddy duty, but uh, today, a little... Uh, Twitter rule, I guess I would call it. But we all good, baby. We got to do it for the Cougs. I got my crimson seats in the background, so I'm good, baby. I'm good. What, what, what are we picking the kids up from? What are, where were the kids at tonight? Dance class, man. My kids are very active. I got cheerleaders. I got flag football players. Um, what uh, Soccer players, volleyball. And tonight was my night for pickup from dance class, and I – just so happened to miss that and kind of double booked with the show. So here we are, my man. Is what it is. How many kids you picking up? Two, three, all of them? Um, just one. Just one. Here, and the rest of them. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Um, but We'll get into uh, recapping the game here in a minute. But uh, where'd you watch the game at this weekend, Marcus? Um, I watched the game at the house, man. I um, So, yeah, to go with that uh, dad duty, I actually – listened to the game first and I recorded it and then I came back and watched it. So um, if, if first I got to listen to it and then I got to watch it. I saw my man, uh, Michael Bumpus was calling the game. So big shout out to Bump, man. So, so yeah, man, Coos, uh, of course they look good and um, felt good this weekend to get a big victory. So yeah, man, it was a big day for the Coos. I think uh, I watched it from my apartment in Pullman and I got to point out last two years, I've watched three games from my apartment. Every other game, I've either been uh, back home on the west side or at the game. Last year against Cal, win. This year against Wisconsin, win. This year against Stanford, win. Maybe I shouldn't be going to the games anymore. I'm just going to throw that out there, but we're 3-0 and when I watch from my uh, from my Pullman apartment. So everywhere else, I think we're about 500, but I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. When I watch from the comfort of my apartment, hey, uh- 3-0. Hey, man, let's double up, baby. All I need is an invite, baby. Let's go there, but let's get some beer. And let's really give the Cougs, man, a rally. Uh, uh, I guess we could put our rally caps on, I guess, if we we're at your apartment as well and make it happen, huh? I got I got room. Come come by. We'll, we'll watch uh, watch the next road game against, uh, I think, it's Arizona in two weeks. Uh, before we get into the recap, Marcus, you got something I think you want to promote before we get into the recap? Absolutely, man. You were talking about where I watched the game. And, um... So I usually bet, man. I usually talk to my boys. I'm new to betting, of course. But, uh, you know, basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchups, info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online as your continued source for all sports wagering information. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to bet head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus 
to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Listen to the man. Let's get into the Stanford recap. Uh, quite the level of domination from Washington State, a 52-14 win. Uh, the most points they've scored since 2009. One of their largest margins of victory in conference play. I think you've got to go back to 2015, 16, something like that. I I wrote it down and now I forgot. But um, it, it's been a while. I mean, it is it is not something that Cougars normally do. It, it not is they don't blow that many teams out. I mean, you get the occasional non-conference big sky blowout, but to see them do this to on the road to yes, a depleted Stanford team, and it's not the same Stanford team as maybe three years ago, four years ago with the McCaffrey Bryce Love days, but they up and just. Blue, they, they crushed them 42 7 at halftime. Never looked back. Yeah, man. They they put a uh, I put a old fashioned spanking on these boys, man. And to be honest, um, I just like I said, I listened to the game and listening to the game, it felt worse, um, than actually watching the game because you know, I was watching the game and the game, um, I think at halftime, it what was it, uh. 24-7 at halftime, or was it a bigger than that seven. at No, 30 – no, it was 42-7 at half. 42-7 at halftime, but I think um, right at the start the start of the second quarter, it might have been like 28-7, to seven, and you felt like Stanford was kind of trying to find their footing, and then they were kind of – they kind of trying to get it together, but after that, just was turnover after turnover over after turnover and the Cougs of course they ran away with it and they went in a halftime um feeling really good and didn't have anything really to worry about but yeah the Cougs man they showed up big and the defense really showed up the offense showed up and Stanford pretty much just gave the game away man you can't have that many turnovers and expect to be anywhere close to winning no and, and I think if you look at it um, it was 21-7, 21-0, and then 21-7. And I think that's where, like, oh, boy. And then after that, the offense, I think, had a couple drives where they stalled. And, you know, you kind of start to think, oh, boy, is, is it, this is going to be it. 21 points. Is the defense going to have to hold them? And I think that Jaden Hicks scoop and score. Uh, I think that was yep. the moment that that turned the game on its head um, and, and gave all the momentum back to Wazoo. But then even at a halftime, Stanford marches right down and scores. Um, and I think the Cougs had to kind of steady themselves a little bit. Uh, they get a big field goal on a Dean Janikowski kick. And I think from there, they're like, all right, we're fine. Um, and it just became apparent that Stanford wasn't going to get to 30, 40, 50 points. And that, you know, the credit, we'll get to the offense in a minute, but, you know, the, the offense was the storyline. Um, but you got to start with the defense. 14 points. They just, they give up two touchdown drives. That was it. Four forced fumble or four forced fumbles, a scoop and score. Just another banner day for a defense that continues to be one of the best in the nation. Yeah, man, the de- defense, um, yeah, they, they just really showed up, man. And I think they lead the pack, uh, like, I think, in turno- uh, at turnovers, right? They lead the they pack lead in the total pack defense. takeaways and turnovers. Okay, good. Yeah, man, the defense is doing their thing, and it's um, just one of those things. You know, you go on the road, you know, the offense is clicking. You know, Stanford got all these injuries and all that kind of stuff. I think in the first couple drives, man, about three or four or five, six guys on Stanford teams, uh, 
drop. So they're already kind of dropping their morale, just trying to figure things out and just trying to get guys on the field to play the game, right? So the Cougs, um, I think for the first time at this season, they really put their foot at just on the team's neck, right? And just it, it took them um, it completely out of the game. And I know you say it's Stanford, and they're kind of fighting with one leg, right? But, you know, a win is a win, and a team that you're supposed to beat, and you got to come out and beat them, and that's what the Cougs did. Yeah, and I think, you know, you just, it was the playmaking abilities. I mean, Stanford got some yards on some of those plays, and, you know, and it got to that point, I think it was right before the fourth fumble, um, which set up the, the final touchdown of the half. You almost, I think it was, I want to say Ben Urosik, the tight end, made the catch. And then you just start and feel like, yeah, he's probably going to fumble. And it was a feeling you had a lot last year when right. ball carriers got the ball, on, you know, and suddenly you feel like oh, they might knock this out. And you kind of had that feeling like the ball was going to be on the ground. Um, and that's something that they did so well last year, just hadn't really done this year. They hadn't had the same turnover success. Um, but I think that, you know, getting that part of their identity back is big going forward. And I think the next key is unlocking the pass rush a little more. Still didn't have enough sacks. Uh, still didn't generate a ton of pressure. But, you know, shut down the run game. And again, Stanford was running a a reserve safety at running back. A guy who had switched a couple weeks prior to play running back. Right. I mean, they were down. We talked about the Cougs running back issues. Um, you know, heading into this week, I don't think anyone thought Nakia Watson would be back. Stanford's down, uh, I think it's right. three running backs right now. And, and just completely decimated. But, you know, I think it gave some confidence to what this team's identity is and what they can do. And, you know, kind of use that to talk about the offense. And that just wasn't an offense we've seen at all this year. Right, man. Um, so what I like about the offense is they made it look easy, right? It didn't feel like they was climbing uphill in the mud just to get a couple yards. You know, throughout this year – Sometimes it's felt like that. They do all this exotic stuff, a bunch of motions, a bunch of this, a bunch of trickery, and then it's two or three yards, right? In this game, it felt like that they were hitting on all cylinders, and I think it started with the running game. You talk about um, you talk about Watson. He came out, man, and did his thing, man, and um, it came out had some long runs. Um, that first long run, shoot, he came out with a little high step. It was good to see that, man. So I guess – He's running that full tilt, and that really makes the offense go. I know it's the cool grade, and, you know, um, people want to talk about the pass game, but it really comes down to the run. Yeah, I mean, I think you open the game. I think he had a two-yard run to open, then a 65-yard run, and that just sets the tone. And I think it was mm -hmm. a, oh, okay, welcome back, Nakia. We, we've missed that. And, you know, then his play and pass blocking, I mean, he was great in pass protection. And I think what we saw is having that presence – and both in pass blocking and in the run game, that opened up the rest of the offense. Because now, prior to that, I mean, if you look at the Utah game, Utah just pinned their ears back and blitzed. I mean, they said, all right, Washington State's not going to run the ball. They're they're down to their fourth string guy who's a walk-on. They're going to throw. Stanford couldn't do that. And to the right. credit of the offensive line, when they did, they were ready. And, you know, the offensive line has been so scrutinized and, so, and such a critique unit. They were at their absolute best. I mean, Ward did not get touched. There was a few pressures here and there, but no sacks. He had time to throw. And credit to Eric Morris. The game plan, I think he understood that, okay, we can't take these seven-step drops right now. Our line just isn't there. So what they do? Snap, throw, snap, throw. Use the middle of the field. Right. And as Watson imposed his will, he stuck with it. And I think that's a big testament to any coordinator, any coach. I mean, 
how many times in the Mike Leach era, run the ball, run the ball. He would never run the ball, even if that was, was going to work. Morris said, all right, Watson's working. Let's switch and run. Right. And you got to be able to adjust on the fly. So, yeah, um, talking about your old coordinator, just not being too stubborn, right, or just being too stuck in his ways. Okay, I'm going to do this. And you find a way to adjust, and you go with what works. And it was good to see Cam not have to do a whole bunch of scrambling and a bunch of magic plays, a bunch of twists and twirls, and then throw the ball and stuff like that. But to get the ball out on time, and then to make it happen. And it's just more comfortable, and it keeps the team in rhythm. Yeah, and I think you saw Cam. He still made a couple plays, but, you know, you look at the number, 16 to 32. That doesn't look great, but drops. The receiver drops were an issue again, and then, you know, you got away with it because of how well the rest of the offense clicked. But I think it was five drops, a couple throwaways, a couple bat downs. You take all those out, he's 16 to 20, 16 to 24. So he played a solid game, and he did what he had to do. He managed the game well. He got the ball in the hands of his playmakers, and they let the playmakers work. A lot of different guys had catches, and then you got to see a glimpse of the future as well. You know, late in the fourth quarter, they get John Mateer in there. He throws a touchdown. Javinsky Schlenbaker rushes for 50 yards. So I think you saw what the offense can be and maybe what it what it can be, especially if your offensive line can protect. Now, that gets tougher. Jarrett Kingston's out for the season with an injury that he suffered against Stanford. So they're going to have to juggle the line. Um, but that was one of Stanford's strengths was their pass rush. So it's not like they did this against a, a non-existent pass rush. Stanford had a, it was, I think, third in the in the conference in sacks coming in. But I think you've seen now, I think the offensive line has that confidence. I think the offense as a whole has that confidence and say, hey, we can be good. We can be effective. Right. And they've been good. I'm not um, going to sit up here and say that the offense has been uh, struggling and struggling. Um, you know, just coming in with the cool grade, I know we expect pretty much um, 500 yards a game, right? And the Cougs have not been doing that. And um, But we still have the talent, and we have these sparks, and we have these um, just these flashes, um, I guess, of greatness. So now we just saw the consistency, just like you said, Jamie, of what the offense can be. So it's a good look, man. And I just think the last thing you have to mention, and Stanford's not good. And it helped that, you know, you look at the teams they've lost to in that three-game losing streak. You've got USC, who's a top-10 team. You've got Oregon State, who was on the who was in the top 25 and then lost to Washington. And then you've got Utah, who's uh, number 12. They were losing to really good football teams while being severely shorthanded down their starting running back, down one of their top receivers um, with a handful of other just nicks and bruises. So I think you say, okay, maybe they're not at that level yet. Maybe they're not at the level of one of the top 25 teams, but I, it seemed to me that they were a clear cut above some of the bottom feeders, whether that be Stanford or Cal, as we've seen, or Colorado, TBD, or to be determined on the Arizona schools. Um, those are the next two games, which segues us into our next segment, the Arizona State Preview, the Cougs and the Sun Devils, live from Pullman, 1230 on Saturday I think Pac-12 Network is carrying the game with Roxy Bernstein and Lincoln Kennedy. Chance for Wazoo to become bowl eligible. Uh, first time for ASU in Pullman since 2015. Man, it's been a minute. It's been that long, huh? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yes. So this is big time, man. Anytime um, you got a game on the line and it's to get into a bowl, that does wonders for the program. When you talk about recruiting, 
and um, just being um, just having that coverage. Right. And just having that um, just having that visibility that makes kids they want to come to a school that's getting the visibility. Everybody wants to go to the NFL and it's all about the visibility. It's all about being at a program that's in quote, um, a big time. So, um, I think this is a very big game. This is a very big game for the Cougs. And I would like to see how, just how we show the maturity, right? Can we come back and be the same team on offense? Can we come back on defense? And like you said, improve on that pass rush, but get the ball back to the offense. You know, and actually, it's funny we mentioned ASU. It was uh, Washington State's bowl eligibility in 2015 came from a win over ASU on uh, on on Dad's weekend, now Parents' weekend. That's what this weekend is. Um, so, I mean, it's a, it's a chance to get your sixth win at home, um, and, and I think it's a big chance to do it because you don't want to have to rely on the next two games. You've got a, what's going to be a tough test against Arizona. I know what Arizona's record looks like. They're three, I think, three and six. They're probably going to be three and seven after this week. But you know there's going to be a lot of emotions in that game with Jaden Delora. Um, Arizona's going to be extra amped to win. They've got a good offense. That's one of those games where it, it's so unpredictable because of how good their offense is and how bad their defense is. But, you know, the Delora factor is such a wild card. You know, he could come out and go 10 for 27 and throw three picks, or he could come out and go 27 to 30 and throw six touchdowns. You don't want to bank on that, and you don't want to bank on having to beat a good Washington team. Even if it's at home and the Huskies have not been the same away from Husky Stadium as at Husky Stadium, you'd rather just get that win now, and then, you know, what you're then just playing for is bull position, and it's not going into those games with that in the back of your mind of, we need to win this to become bull eligible. This is probably your best chance to do it. ASU's three and six. You know, they're, they're still playing hard. They gave UCLA a bit of a fight, but they don't have a ton of talent. Their defense is not very good. It's a great chance, again, for your offense to really build on something. I mean, this is a defense who doesn't get to the quarterback. They don't get in the backfield. They don't defend the run very well. It's an opportunity to get your offense settled in again before you face another bad defense in Arizona and then another not great defense in Washington. I know what some of the stats say that Washington's defense is better than it, it maybe appears, but it hasn't been very good. You ask any Washington fan, they'll tell you it hasn't been great. It's gotten better, but hasn't been great. This is an opportunity for your offense to find a rhythm and, and find a little bit of momentum against Arizona State. Yeah, man, and I like what you said, Jamie. You just want to give yourself some breathing room, man. I don't have a very good history personally by trying to rely on the Apple Cup to get into your bowl game, right? Um, playing at Washington State back in my day, I lost all four of my Apple Cups. So I want to keep all of that. And just stay clear of all that, man. Let's let's win now and let's give ourselves a little cushion, right? And let's just be the team that we're supposed to be. Yeah, um, you got ASU coming in, but we're a better team all the way around. And I just want to keep – I just want to see the consistency. I want to see the growth. And I want to see Coach Dickert make sure that these guys are ready to go, right? Um, Just to kind of – just to feel with the hot and cold, um, it's one of those things that these guys need to grow up in a hurry, right? And I think all the tools are there. Um, If you could talk about both sides of the ball. So I think – that we just need to be a consistent team. And there's really no excuses at this point. 
come in and ball and let's win. And, uh, hey, baby, let's get to this ball game, man, and let's party. I think you pretty much said it said it right. And I think, you know, that it's going to be cold. That works in the Cougs' favor. The Sun Devils aren't going to want to be in the cold when they're coming from 80-degree weather. Um, you know, they, they again, they have talent. They're not devoid of talent, but it's just – it feels like it's, they have to win out to get to a bowl, and that would include beating Oregon State. Um, so it's a team that it feels like is, is fought a little bit. They haven't rolled over despite the coaching change with Herm Edwards getting fired. But, you know, I, I think as long as Washington State executes, there's only so much that a fight can give you. You can fight as hard as you want, but at some point talent does take over and, and execution takes over. And I do think Washington State is the better coach team, you know, just – and that's nothing against uh, Aguano, their coach. He's done a nice job keeping that team together. But I do think that there is something to be said about you get the full-time head coach. You've got a team that has a little bit of confidence or coming in off a win. Um, you know, but a- ASU can put up points. So the defense is going to have to be at their best. That said, I I don't think there's a lot of doubt that that will be the case. I mean, that's kind of been their identity all season. So, um, you know, I, I think it should go well for Washington State, but uh, they have to stay focused. They have to execute. As long as they do that, I think it'll be a, a victory for the Cougars. I second that, my man, Jamie. I think you said it all, man. I don't think we need to beat this up. The Cougs just got to show up and be the Cougs that we saw, um, that we seen against Stanford. Of course, ASU, just like you said, isn't Stanford. But to me, it's more about what the Cougs are doing, man. If they kind of change and they flip-flop, then they can have some issues. Come in, focus. Don't try to do nothing out of the ordinary or anything. Crazy, just play cool ball, man, and let's win. Stanford did beat ASU of note, albeit with uh, ASU had a different quarterback that game. But um, let's talk about the bowl games a little bit. Um, you played in a couple. Yeah, yeah. For such a young program, what do those extra practices do for, for the program and for the young guys? You say what did the extra what do for the – The practices, getting those practices in and that extra time oh, with the coaches yeah. in the weight room and so on. Oh, yeah, man, it's big, man. It's uh... – Big from the experience side, from the um, just from the growth and everything that comes with it. And you kind of have to lock back in, right? If you're used to being at home or used to being off or just used to being home for the holidays, it's a different feel, right? It's a different feel. It's a different energy. So to still be playing football and to still be locked in, you can kind of – it kind of block the noise out, right? Because – and you kind of feel like you're and not so much alone, but everybody doesn't get to the bowl game, of course. So you're you're one of the um, few teams or you feel part of like uh, you feel part, I guess, of a fraternity or you feel part of the guys that rose to the top or whatever. Right. So um, I think it's good and the experience is good, especially for young players, because you want that feeling again and you want to get back to that. You just don't want to go home for the holidays and be uh, chilling or just be on campus. And you want to still be playing football, man, and um, try to do what the good teams do. Do you kind of remember what those experiences were like playing in, in bowl games and just kind of getting that extra time for you personally? Absolutely, man. And that's what it felt like, right? It was different. Um, you know, I first got to watch, uh, to Washington State and some of those teams we weren't. Very good. I think when I first got there, we might have been um, three and nine or something like that. But 
to get in those bowl games, like my last couple of years, I know we went to the Sun Bowl and then we went to the Rose Bowl. Um, those were big years, man. And the campus was on fire. Um, just was a totally different feel, man, a totally different atmosphere, a totally different experience. It makes your college life and everything with it is just more just more enjoyable, man. It's just like um, it, you're on top, right? Um, it, you got the it, it, you got the campuses pulling for you. It's just a different type of atmosphere. And now with social media and everything that comes with it, um, you could just imagine that it's times ten now. But it's just a totally different experience. And even for the players that don't get to play as much right and just to be a part of that ride and to be a part of that it's something that you never forget man it stays with you for the rest of your life moving on into the what are we at the fifth segment now uh some pac 12 storylines big one this weekend washington and oregon um one of the most hated rivalries in the conference oregon had won i think it ended up being 15 in a row washington got a couple and then oregon's got in the last two um this game in odson you know, Washington's, I think, surprised a lot of people. I, I mean, I, I thought they'd obviously be better than, you know, the Jimmy Lake disaster, but um, I didn't project them being 7-2. and two. I definitely thought they would have dropped one or two more in there. Um, that said, Oregon is an absolute juggernaut right now, and they, they're a team that is eyeing the college football playoff. They're number six in the most recent rankings. They have a shot to get there. Um, I just don't think Washington can stop that offense. I mean, we we saw that the only offense that really gave the Cougs problem this year was the Ducks. That was the only. I mean, you look at every other team: USC thirty points, Utah, albeit very banged up, Utah twenty one points. Oregon got to them, and that's a, been the only team. I just don't think Washington can stop the Ducks, and I think the Ducks are going to roll personally, and I hope they do. I would hope so as well, man. And that's what you were saying about the, uh, as you were saying about the Huskies. They got a pretty good offense, but the defense, man, they what is struggling right now. And um I think that's what it's gonna come down to. Uh Oregon, they really don't um step off the line, man. They're they're pretty much what they are, and they come in and they play Oregon football. So um yeah, the, uh I think it's gonna be tough for the Huskies, but um so if they get beat up a little bit, I'll still be smiling. So I think we'll be all right. <laughs> and and assuming Oregon wins and then USC beats Colorado uh, tomorrow or Friday, excuse me, it's Tuesday. Um, Stanford or Utah beats Stanford and UCLA beats Arizona. Those results all hold. You're going to have two games next week. It's going to be Utah at Oregon, USC at UCLA. And essentially, winner goes to the Pac-12 title. And we'll talk more about that um, in next week's, but. Um, it does look like, you know, Washington beats Oregon, things get turned on their head, or one of the other teams loses and gets upset, things change. But it does seem like that's where we're headed, and it's going to be a, almost a semifinal for the Pac-12 title. Of course, um, the winners of those games would have to finish out the following week. And Oregon is at Oregon State, so the Ducks' schedule isn't necessarily super easy. Um, USC plays Notre Dame, which isn't a conference game. That won't affect them. And then Utah is at Colorado, and UCLA is at Cal. So if they win, they should be fine. But um, I think it'll be interesting to monitor what happens in that uh, in those games. Again, assuming things go as you'd expect this weekend. Um, and then the only other game, Cal, Oregon State, I would assume Oregon State romps. You're actually going to probably have a lot of teams out of bowl eligibility this weekend. Colorado's already done. Um, I think it's probably safe to bet Arizona, Stanford, and Cal 
probably all out of bowl eligibility with, or if assuming they lose this weekend and if ASU loses, they're done as well. So you might be looking at a five, but about a five, six uh, bid league um, moving into the last uh, segment, just to kind of wrap things. I actually, it's funny. We just talked about that. Those battle. I want to ask you this in your opinion, who's winning the PAC 12. Oh man. Um, you think it could be Oregon, right? Um, you know, we talked about Oregon and everything that we're, they're doing, and they're kind of hitting on all cylinders, right? So, um, I mean, it's hard to stop a train that's moving like that. But as you said, it could get interesting, man, and you never really know how these games are going to go. And that's why I talked about the Cougs, a game that you should win. And you got to go in there and win those. So um, it could get interesting, but um, I like the way Oregon is playing. That That's kind of my – now, Oregon's got the toughest path. That's what I, I'm. I'm thinking the Ducks. Now they've got the okay. toughest path. All three of their last opponents are either ranked or were just ranked. That's Washington, Utah, Oregon State. Two of the three at home. So I, yeah, I, I think they have the toughest path. But the thing I look at is they're eight and one, and they've lost to Georgia. That's it. And that's the number one team in the country in their first game of the year. I, I just have a tough time seeing how Oregon gets unseated right now. I, I just don't think they're a. I don't think they can be beat. I, I think the way they play. You know, I mean, they're running into trap games left and right and games that, yeah, they could lose this one, and then they don't. You know, I, I think the great example was the uh, the Cal game two weeks ago. They're on the road. Cal's given them fits for a long time, and, you know, they start a little bit slow. I think they're down 10-3 at one point, 10-7, and then they roll. I, I just – I don't – it doesn't seem to me like this team is going to slip up. So, I'm, I'm picking Oregon to win the Pac-12 right now. Um Going into a little wrap-up here, uh, basketball season underway, and both the Coug men and women's team got off to scorching hot starts yesterday. So the women, it was a doubleheader. Women played at Beasley at noon and won 93-41 over Loyola Marymount, and the men played at 430 and rolled over Texas State 83-61. Guard Justin Powell had 12 assists. That's the most by any Coug since 2009, 13 years ago. When Reggie Moore had it. So good start for the hoops teams. How much do you pay attention to hoops, Marcus? I haven't been on cool hoops lately, man. I need to get back in the game, man, and see what it's about, man. I used to play a lot of basketball when I was there at the Coog. I used to go to the rack, and we used to play against the Coog basketball team sometime. And it would be interesting because at that time, I feel like uh, I feel like the football players were better than the basketball team. <laughs> But that was way back, way back in time. So there, yeah. when I was a freshman, there was a group of football players, and it was let's see, it was Marcellus Pippins, it was DJ okay. Thompson, it was Willie Roach, David Buchanan, that's Dayon's younger brother, and John Thompson. And these guys in the the this 2015 into 16 went 48 and 0. They didn't lose, and they let everyone know that they didn't lose. I mean, these guys were okay. unbelievable. You'll still see some football play. I go to the rec almost every day. That's how I get my my exercise. I play basketball. And these guys were just out of this world good. Um, they just, you know, they can, they can out-jump. Had who game? I didn't know you put up shots like that. Are you getting buckets? You know, it depends on the day. It depends on the day. I'm pretty <laughs> lazy, so I mostly stand on the perimeter and shoot. But I like- got a decent stroke. Didn't have didn't uh-huh. have my finest shooting day today, but had a couple rebounds, a couple assists. Did the, did the dirty work, but uh, – no, that's that's what I, that's what I do. That's what I have to got to stay in shape somehow, kind of. <laughs> so, do it at do it I playing like some hoops. 
Well, thank you everyone for tuning in to True to the Cougs with Jamie Vinnick and Marcus Trufant, brought to you by the Believe Network and presented by Bet Online. Make sure to follow True to the Cougs all across social media and stay up to date with everything Coug related. And as always, we will send it off with a Go Cougs. Go Cougs, baby. Go Cougs. We'll let, uh, we'll let Marcus drive his daughter home now. <laughs> um, right, thank man. you everyone for tuning in, though. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.